Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What's one of the best ways to work with students in teaching crosswind landings? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the CFI, Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast, brought to you by M0A.com. I am thankful uh, to be with you all today. I'm just thankful that you're taking the time to listen to this. You would be amazed at how often individuals become flight instructors and learn so much and work so hard to get to where they are in flight instruction and then just stop thereafter. And it truly uh, just breaks my heart that um, a flight instructor who worked so hard, created their lesson plans, did everything, would just themselves stop learning. That is a, that is a tough um, realization sometimes, but it is so true. And in fact, a student, gosh, this could be a podcast topic in itself, a student will so often, a student can only learn to the level of its instructor. And in fact, some students don't even reach the level of their instructor. They fall, you know, 20% short. They learn 80% of what their instructor knows on that particular topic. And then students also share the deficiencies of their instructors as well. If your deficiency is systems, unless your student uh, is an A&P mechanic or is mechanically inclined, their deficiency as well is going to be in the systems department. So as an instructor, you share your deficiencies. So those are the areas you need to brush up on. For me, it was systems was one of them. Uh, Weather was another one. Now I just love the topics. And a student is only going to learn to your level in a best case scenario. So how could we as CFIs ever stop learning? That's just a long way of saying thank you, CFIs. If every CFI was like you, the world would absolutely be a safer and better place. So thank you uh, for listening to this. Thank you for being here. It's absolutely incredible. I want to take a moment to talk about how can we better teach crosswind landings and safely teach crosswind landings to our students. Think back to when you were learning crosswind landings. If you were like me, I am embarrassed to admit this, but I did not become even good, let alone proficient, but good at crosswind landings until probably becoming a commercial pilot. It's, it's embarrassing to admit, but I used to, I was always very spoiled. In Florida, we have a lot of runway options. Plus the winds are very predictable in Florida as well. Um, but in Ocala, I had 8 and 26 as a runway and 1836 as a runway. So I never had that bad of a crosswind. Marion County Airport also had two runways. Wilson Airport, two runways. Most places I went to had two runways, or most places I went to were coastal uh, airport. So the winds are either in inland or you know onshore or offshore. It's pretty typical. So they built the runways that way. I could shy away from crosswinds as much as I needed to flying around Florida. And I would literally, I remember there's times I would just choose airports based on what the winds were doing. Where do you want to go today? I don't know. Let's see what the winds are doing. I don't want to go there. That's a a tough little crosswind. And I guess that was good aeronautical decision making at the time because I wasn't good enough at crosswinds. But at the same time, shying away from these crosswinds was not doing myself 
any favors. That's for sure. So I set out to get better at crosswind landings and I had some great instructors through my commercial. Actually, this was one benefit of my commercial. Uh, there were a lot of disadvantages. One of the disadvantages being that I was doing my commercial at a time period uh, before you know it was 1500 hours and everything else. This is before like the Colgan air crash that caused that. I was doing my training at a time period where you had 250 hours, a commercial pilot certificate and a heartbeat. You were at some regional airline in training. Like it was just, they were just taking pilots like crazy. So I had eight different CFIs for my commercial pilot training. And I look at that, I guess, overall as a disadvantage because it was, it was very, very expensive. It was very expensive from the standpoint of this instructor knew I was great at steep turns, but this one didn't know I was bad at slow flight or bad at crosswind landings, whatever it is. But through that, the advantages were I got a lot of different voices. It was expensive to get those different voices, but I got a lot of different voices and those different voices help me uh, to see, Jason, you're just not good enough at crosswind landings. It's time to improve and get better at your crosswind landing. So that was quite beneficial. And that's when I began to get better, not perfect, but better at my crosswind landings. You see, when we're teaching crosswind landings to our student, there's really two schools of thought. And I'm not here to sway you into which school of thought is better. You need to do what's best for you, what you're most comfortable with. I am going to share my opinion I certainly have a bias in my opinion, and uh, that doesn't make your teaching style wrong or your teaching style right for that matter if we, if we agree on this topic. We are allowed to disagree. That is the beauty of this, right? We're both adults, we're both professionals, we're both humble enough to realize that one opinion may be different or better or worse than the other, or just flat out different. So what I typically teach with my crosswind landings is I teach the crab to side slip method. The other method that people teach is typically just the side slip method all the way on down. And I can see the advantages and I can see the disadvantages of each of these. I understand the biggest disadvantage of the crab method. Let me explain each roughly here. What I teach is out on final to crab. Crab into the wind and just kind of hold it, hold it, hold it all the way on down. Then as you transition, if you're listening to all these podcasts, you know we produce four podcasts. Last week in the Commercial Pilot Podcast, we talked about transitioning. We don't flare, we transition. Transition to slow flight down the runway. And as we transition, we then dip the wing into the wind, kick in a little bit of rudder to maintain that uh, that you know tracking so there's no side loading um, to make sure we're tracking that nose wheel appropriately down the runway, down center line, and touch the upwind wheel, the upwind main wheel down first, followed by the downwind wheel, and we work it that way. I, I prefer that method. I believe that method creates the, it's easiest for students, uh, maybe not initially. It's certainly safest, I would argue. I am not a fan of the side slip method, sometimes called the one wing low method, which basically says, hey, set up for that transition now, way out here 400 feet on final. Dip your wing into the wind, kicking that aileron, and let's kind of side slip all the way on down. I, I, I get it. It works, by the way. I am just not a fan of teaching that to a brand new private pilot. I just spent, let's say, you know, 
20 hours explaining to this private pilot how crucial it is to stay coordinated. And now I'm showing them a technique or a situation where it's okay to be uncoordinated. Let alone, I'm saying it's okay to be uncoordinated at 400 feet above the ground on final. What if they put that side slip in on base to final and carry it through and end up stalling, spinning themselves? Again, I am not saying the one wing low method or uh, you, you know the side slip method is wrong. It it works very very well, but you have to realize as a flight instructor you have reach. By that, I mean you're working and you're interacting with 10, 20 students at a time. If you tell a student this and then they tell their you know, their friend this and, and Joe, my flight instructor, said this, like you have reach and you don't even realize it. You know, at M0A, we have a lot of reach. We reach 20,000 pilots every single day. Listen to a podcast, watch a video, attend, attend a webinar, watch a previous webinar. If you look at all our views across all our mediums, we reach 20,000 pilots every single day. Madison Square Garden holds around 19,000 people. We fill Madison Square Garden with pilots every single day. I don't say that to impress you. I say that to impress upon you that we have to be careful too with what we say. Back to that scenario of that one wing low method. I, I'm spending so much time teaching, stay coordinated, stay coordinated. But in this case, it's okay to be uncoordinated. That goes against what I've been teaching. Now, if you're working with a commercial pilot and you want to teach some more advanced crosswind techniques, and I would classify that as a more advanced crosswind technique, it's fine because they will have the understanding and say, okay, I, I get it. This is just another tool that I can use here. But if you're working with a brand new private pilot, I'm not a fan of teaching the one wing low method, uh, the side slip method, way out on final. I teach to crab into the wind, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then at the last minute, as we get within you know, ground effect, let's say, we kind of bring that nose around with some rudder, dip the wing in a proper one wing low method so we do touchdown appropriate. I, I realize you cannot land in the crab position. You will side load that airplane. You will pull tires off, off tubes, pull them off the bead, I mean. Um, you will have a lot of issues with that. I realize that just cannot be done. So sharing all that and, and knowing all that and understanding all of that. You have a great responsibility as a flight instructor. You have a responsibility to share with students all the tools at their disposal, but also share with them the dangers of, of certain tools, right? Um, it's important to show students things like turning stalls, but hey, don't go do these on your own. Do you follow me? Do you follow and understand the, the responsibility that we have as flight instructors is a great one. My opinion, and it's just my opinion, you have already said you, you agree with me or you disagree with me. There, there is no gray area on this one. Like you, This is a very hotly contested topic. You're either agreeing with me or you're disagreeing with me. Hopefully, if you disagree with me, you're still listening. You didn't just check out because that's not what we're after here. If you're disagreeing, I hope you understand just where I am coming from. I'm coming from the standpoint of, yes, you can teach the side slip method, but I'd save it for like your commercial pilots. I teach the crab method to my crab is what I'm saying. The crab method, crabbing into it, C-R-A-B, crab method to my low time student pilots, private pilots, even some instrument pilots in there because you're crabbing on the localizers, you're shooting approaches um, in there as well. 
It's just something I want you to be mindful of. You have such a responsibility because you have influence, you have reach, whether you know it or not. And maybe it's 20,000 people a day, maybe it's just one or two people a day. It doesn't matter. Those are all represented uh, of families and of, of very, very important individuals that we aspire to make safer, smarter pilots every single day. And you and I share that vision. We share that mission. You are a good flight instructor who is always learning. And I applaud you and I thank you just so much for going above and beyond and continuing to learn yourself. You have an amazing career in aviation ahead of you. Maybe it's just as a flight instructor. Maybe it's as an airline pilot. Maybe you're a, a furloughed airline pilot right now, God forbid. But listen, aviation will come back. Aviation is going to come back even stronger. I encourage you to keep your head up. You have chosen an amazing profession. Now is a great time to invest in you and give back to others. You know, we've for a long time had this business model uh, at m0a.com. It's a different one. And I, people have called me weird on this one too. But I believe that if you want success in anything, you have to help others become successful. And it's true in your relationships. You want love, you need to give love, right? You can't just expect to receive, receive, receive. You have to give of what you want most. You know, obviously, you set out, you create a business, you aspire to be successful. And I don't mean successful in monetary financial terms. I mean, you know, successful in, in, in the heart, successful in, in life, successful in saving lives and making safer, smarter pilots. That's what we're after. I hope these are just our small ways of giving back to you. And I hope you take these small acts of kindness, uh, not only share them, but find other ways that you can give back to others. You are a blessing to us. You're a blessing to the aviation community. And you are a part of an amazing family, the M0A Nation. Thank you for that. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you.